Hey, podcast family, welcome to another episode. Yeah, you may hear a little bit of birds chirping in the background because I'm actually outside. No, I have not gone back home yet, and I'm still away from the podcast studio. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to listen to yesterday's episode that we covered regarding GBS 6, and I'll explain it there. But even though I'm away from home and away from the podcast studio, I always travel with my handy-dandy podcast mic. I know that's weird, but I've dealt with it, and it's my personality, so what are you going to do? But yesterday, which was Saturday, I received a message through the Anchor app that I thought, you know, rather than just responding directly, I'd rather respond to everybody because I'm sure others have the same question. Well, in all transparency, I also couldn't respond directly. I tried, but somehow my app didn't allow me to do so. But nonetheless, this is for Dr. Rob, who's in Northern California at a great institution, and he's preparing to take his oral boards. So first, let me stop there. Congrats on doing your background work for studying and getting prepared for the boards. Listen, it's infrequent, but I've actually heard it where some candidates say, look, I've already graduated. I'm in clinical practice. Uh, You know, I go to meetings and CME activities and I'm up to date. So no, I'm not really studying. I'm just kind of, you know, practicing and, and I know how to defend my stance. Wow. Uh, Let me retort, as Samuel L. Jackson said in Pope Fiction, uh, don't do that. You've got to prepare because they're going to get you. Because sometimes it's not just about being active in clinical practice. It's knowing the background, the theory of why you're choosing something like this question that Dr. Rob had. So here's his question. Look, Dr. Chapa, I've listened to the Does the Progestin Matter episode, uh, which, by the way, yes, it does. That's the spoiler alert. But his question is, for those with AUB, abnormal uterine bleeding, if the progestins matter, then shouldn't we be using something that's very progestational, like hydroxyprogesterone acetate or Provera? Remember that MPA is actually a 21 progestin member. It's very progestational with some androgenic activity, but it's much more progestational than others. And at his institution, the go-to medication for AUB is not MPA, but it's agestin or norethindrone. Again, a great progestin choice, but it's much more androgenic because it's part of the C19 nor testosterone family. So the question is, look, if the progestins matter, shouldn't we all be using MPA as our first go-to for abnormal bleeding? Well, here's a short answer. One is there's a lot of cultural norms based on different institutions. I remember when I was in training at Parkland, we still did IM, that's intramuscular magnesium, every four hours. And it was brutal, while everybody else was using IV mag. Why? Because at that time, that was the culture of the institution. The data showed it was very safe. Dr. Jack Pritchard was the one who led that uh, original study. And so IM mag was given every four hours into the upper outer buttock. It was painful for the patient and painful for the intern that had to give the injection. But nonetheless, that proved that there are cultural norms uh, in different institutions. So every progestin will work for AUB as long as the patient is not perimenopausal or bleeding from a lack of estrogen. In that case, she needs estrogen therapy, not a progestin. But assuming that the patient has abnormal uterine bleeding-O or ovulatory dysfunction, like anovulation, then MPA is the historic go-to and the traditional first-line medication. He's right. So why have we started using other progestins? Well, it's easy because they're available. But most of the data actually has to do with MPA or oral Provera. 
The dose is anywhere from 5 to 10 milligrams. But Dr. Rob, here's what's interesting. Out of your own state, a fantastic OBGYN, well, gynecologist because he doesn't do obstetrics anymore, and one of my mentors, is in Southern California. So Mac Monroe actually published back in 2006 this trial of oral Provera MPA, 20 milligrams TID. Can you believe that? That's 60 milligrams a day. Yeah, that's not bleeding in anyone for sure. <laughs> and he compared that to combination birth control pills for the acute management of abnormal uterine bleeding. Well, of course it worked, but that's pretty high dose. So five milligrams BID or TID is just fine because people have used oral Provera up to 60 milligrams total dose divided. In other words, like 20 milligrams TID. Again, that was the Macman Rowe study. But I found this interesting as well. If you look at the management of acute uterine bleeding from the college in that committee opinion, when it talks about medical management, it actually talks about MPA alone as a progestin. It doesn't talk about uh, agestin or any other of the available oral progesterones. It's just MPA. Why? Because historically, that was the first line, and most of the data backs using a progestational rather than androgenic progestin. Remember, that's only for AUB-O when the cause is likely anovulation. Well, again, I know I'm not in the podcast studio and I have no idea how this audio is turning out, but I'm going to send that to my team and once again just say, just try to fix it. Uh, I don't know if they can, but I wanted to get this message out. Rob, I'm sorry I didn't message you directly. For some reason, the app won't let me do that and I don't have my laptop with me. But again, I do have my podcast mic. Everyone, have a great rest of the day. I hope that makes sense for the progestin use for abnormal uterine bleeding. Does the progestin matter? Of course. Will both work? Absolutely. (laughs) But one has much more data and is the historical first go-to than the other. And that one is oral MPA.